an amazing baptism service, just seeing the testimonies, you know, of what's gone on. And do you know what? In Romans 1, as Paul's talking to the church there, he says that he can't wait to go and visit them. And he says this. He says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. And do you know what? I think that's what's happened here today. You know, I've come into church and I've wanted to encourage people, but also listening to the testimonies and the stories of how God has met people individually on their walk with Jesus. I will be going out of here today encouraged. I don't know about you. And you know, you listen to the testimonies that have been shared through all of the amazing candidates. And you know, the thing for me that really strikes home is the fact that God meets us so individually. You know, sometimes we look at the church and we look at the building and maybe we think this is where God is going to meet people. People need to come into a building or into a church in order to meet them. But do you know what? God is so individual and he meets us in all different places, you know, and he meets us in ways that are so personal. And that's what I love about Jesus. He blows my mind all the time because I think, God, there's billions of people on this planet. And yet, you know, every detail about my life and about the life of the person that sat next to me. You know, you look through the Bible, you know, and you read about God meeting a woman at a well. You read about God meeting a guy in a graveyard. You meet about Jesus meeting a guy as he was lowered down on a stretcher. You read about a man who met him by a pool, desperate to be healed. You know, God meets us where he needs to meet us. He knows where you and I are today, where we are. He knows what we're going through. And you know, what I love about the testimonies that we've heard today is that none are the same. You know, God never created robots. He created unique individuals. And in this place, I think we can be encouraged. We can be encouraged by the fact that God's got it covered. You know, for your life here today, maybe you're here visiting and you've never really even realized that God's a God of love. Maybe you're in this place today and you've heard lots of things about God, but to be honest, not a lot would want you to be drawn to him. Maybe you've heard about God that looks down at you and sees the things that you've done wrong and the things that you, you're ashamed of and the sin that you've committed. And maybe you've been told that God looks down at you and says, I don't want you because you're not good enough. Maybe your idea of God makes you feel like putting your, hanging your head in shame. But do you know what? Jesus is so opposite to what sometimes we portray. And do you know the thing that blows me away? is that God reaches out, Jesus reaches out to us time and time and time again. He reaches out to each person living and breathing because he wants a personal relationship with us. He doesn't look for the cream of the crop. 
You know when you apply to go to university or you apply to further your education or maybe you go for a job interview, what are the people looking at as they interview you? as they look to fill that position, as they look to give you a place on a course, or they look to give you that job. They're looking for the cream of the crop. You know, when you go into an interview situation, they are not looking for the underdog. They're not looking for the one that doesn't have the skills. They're not looking for the one that really can't do it. No, they're looking for the cream of the crop. They're looking for the person that has all the ability and skills in order to do the job well. They're looking for somebody that they think this person has potential. We're going to put them on this course because we like what they have to offer. But you know what? God He said, the Bible says that he prepares a place for us. The Bible says that God is preparing in heaven mansions for his kids. But he doesn't say he's preparing them for the cream of the crop. You know, our world looks for the best. Our world looks for the people that got it all together. God is like, I just want them. I want every single one of you. You you know, you may have come in here today and perhaps your life has been a success story. Perhaps throughout your life, you've seen your life flourish. You've seen yourself achieve great things. And you look back at what you've got. You've got a great family. And you think, do you know what? I've done well. And maybe you're in here today. And you feel like you're the com- on the complete other end of the spectrum. Maybe you sat at the back today because you didn't feel like you could come to the front because you think the front is for the good ones. You know, I want to encourage you and I want to let you know today that God loves you. He loves you and his salvation is not based on what you have to bring to the table. You know, God's not interested in what we've amassed, what we can do, our intellect. So we don't come to God based on what we bring, nor do we come to God, you know, like I said, you may have nothing. But let me read to you from Romans What it says, it says this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are, no matter who we are. Let's read it again. We are made right with God by the things that we do by the things that we have, by the way that we act, by the amount of time that we read our Bible, by the kind words that we give. Is that what the Bible says? We are made right with God by cleaning up our act. No, the Bible doesn't say that. And sometimes I think this is our biggest stumbling block. As we think that relationship with Jesus is all about us, And we're so self-absorbed that we completely miss the beautiful picture that God paints for us. Because the Bible says it's not about you. We're made right with God not because of what we do or who we are or what background. And I grew up in a Christian home. No, we're made right with God just from the fact that we believe Just from the fact that we believe. And I love, because God knows that we all beat ourselves up. 
That's why he has to put in the tagline, no matter who you are, because it means that you can't discredit yourself. We're great at discrediting discrediting ourselves. We're great at saying, oh, well, they can do this because they are this, but I can't because this is my story. I'm broken. No, the Bible says we are made right with Jesus because we believe. Because later on down it goes, it says this, God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He freely makes us right in his sight. We don't have to do anything because it says this, he did this. How did he do it? How did he make us right in his sight? He did it through Christ Jesus. He did it through Christ Jesus. That's how we are made right in his sight. Not based on what we do or who we are, but based on who Jesus is. Based on what God has done, we are made right in his sight. When Jesus freed us from the penalty of our sins. You know, you may be in this place today and maybe you've never realized that God loves you so much. Well, today my invitation to you is don't miss out on the action. You know, God has got a place set for you at his table. You know, when you're inviting visitors over for dinner, you prepare a place for them, don't you? You get ready. And God's got your placemat ready and set. And he says, I'm not interested in all the things that maybe you haven't got together. There's just one thing he wants to know. Can you believe in his son? Can you believe in his son, Jesus, who died because he loves us so much? You know, that's why Jesus came. He came to bridge the gap between God and man because we're great at messing it up. Adam and Eve sinned. And when they sinned, all of a sudden there was a disconnect between God and man. Sin came in the way. But God, in his loving kindness, never annihilated humanity. He never said, oh gosh, they messed it up on the first hurdle. Right, wipe them out, start again. No, no. He's like, no, I'm going to do something about this. And it's going to cost me greatly. It's going to cost me my one son. But he loves us so much that as he looks through the, the chasm of time, you know, when, when Jesus hung on a cross, he did it. Having, we didn't, we weren't even here. But God, he sent his son because he thought, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my son here. But I'm freely giving him because I want relationship with the people that I've created. You know, and when Jesus hung on a cross, it says that we were hostile. We were enemies. But God didn't say, oh, do you know what? They're going to slap my gift in the face. I ain't doing it. No, Jesus said, as he hung on the cross, Father, forgive them. You know, in this place, I want to let you know that you walk out of this place today completely forgiven. 
You walk out of this place today completely forgiven. You know, and that goes for you if you've never known that Jesus loved you. But maybe you're a Christian in this place today, but you still beat yourself up. Just like Lauren said, you battle because you think that you're not good enough. Things have gone on, your past, and you're weighed down by guilt and condemnation, anxieties and fears, and you get so far in your Christian walk, and it feels like you hit a wall. Well, today, I want to encourage you. If you're a Christian in this place, and maybe you've been beating yourself up, you don't need to. God forgives us. You know, God redeems our lives from destruction. You know the word redeems? It doesn't say God redeemed our lives from destruction. He redeems it. It's a continual thing that he's doing. He continues. He forgives. It's not like, right, I've done this once. Now sort it out and live the perfect life. No, the, the life that we have in Jesus, he's continually loving us. He's continually making sure he sorted it out. So today, if you're in this place, know that you are forgiven. Go out of this place knowing, knowing that God is for you. Like I said, whether you've never asked Jesus into your heart before or if you're a Christian, you are forgiven. But also, I think, you know, listening to the powerful testimonies of baptism, I think what an encouragement it is for us as a church that God is doing things in people's lives in, in a unique and a wonderful way. Who would think, would we ever think or imagine that God would show up watching a show on holiday? Would we ever think that God would do the things that he does? But he does. But I think what it is for us as Christians you know, the Bible, I think it's an encouragement to us because I think we can draw from this. The Bible says that we diffuse the sweet fragrance of Jesus. Do you know that there's a whole lot of people in this city and beyond that haven't got a clue that there's a God that loves them so much? And I think for me, it stirs me to think, Lord, I want to be part of the answer. You know, we, we read scriptures, we talk about it in church a lot, about us being a city on a hill. But do you know what? God wants to use each one of us individually to help diffuse the message of people to our friends, to our neighbors, to our work colleagues. Just like Dave prayed earlier, Lord, send laborers. Lord, send laborers. Do you know what? You may not be a laborer, maybe for your closest friend or family, but you could be the answer to somebody's prayer for the, your work colleague. And maybe there's been somebody that's been praying and praying, saying, Lord, send a laborer. Don't grow discouraged if you don't see your nearest and dearest looking like they want to follow Jesus based on, but because you're talking to them about Jesus, but you don't seem to see them wanting the Jesus that you talk about. Don't get discouraged. You know, let's just pray, send laborers. Let's be like Isaiah said, here I am, send me. You could be a laborer for somebody else. Your life could be the sweet fragrance that diffuses God's kindness and his love. And that's what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about that God in his kindness, that's how he draws man to himself. Not God in his wrath. 
not God in His judgment, but God in His kindness and His love draws all men to Him. So today I want to encourage you. We are here as a church to make a difference in this world. And we have the beautiful privilege of pointing people to Jesus. You know when you're speaking with somebody, imagine them like on a, imagine a ladder with maybe 10 steps. Your interaction with that person may get them from step one on that ladder to step two. As you diffuse the fragrance of Jesus through being who you are, for just letting your life be who you are, you could be the person that takes somebody from step one on the ladder to step two. Then that person, you know, go, Lord, send a laborer. God may send somebody else. And that person goes from step two to step three. And as we keep on just doing what we're doing, who knows? We may sometimes not feel as if we're not, we're, we're not seeing any fruit for what we're doing. We may say, but Lord, I'm telling people about Jesus, but I don't see them come to you. What am I doing wrong? I want to encourage you. You're probably not doing anything wrong. But if you imagine a ladder, you may just be helping them move them way, move their way up the ladder to the point where they get to step 10. And they think, I'm ready. So today in this place, if you're a Christian in this place, know that each one of us have a really important job to do in helping through our life, through our actions, through our words, to diffuse the aroma of Jesus. But also, if you're in this place today, and you're like, Faye, I'm flawed, didn't realize this life even existed then I would count it as a greatest privilege and honor to introduce you to my best friend, Jesus, the one that we have sung about today, the one that we've heard the baptismal candidate so beautifully talk about. So in this place, if you just want to shut your eyes right now, and you may be here and say, Faye, I've got, I've got like this emptiness in my life and it needs filling and I didn't realize that it needed filling with Jesus well if you're here right now I'd love to pray with you and it's a, a short prayer and you know God is going to change your life so just pray this after me if you're like oh, I need him I need this whole I need this emptiness sorted out. Just pray this after me. Just say, Jesus, I recognize that my life is empty. And just that you are the only one that can fill it. Lord, thank you that you just asked me to believe in you. So right now, Jesus, I ask you to come and live in my heart. I know I've messed up and done wrong things, but I know that you want me. You know, if you've prayed that prayer right now, if you just want to lift your hand quietly, we would love to just recognize that prayer that you've made by giving you a Bible as a gift. So if you're here today and you think, Faye, I need Jesus. I prayed that prayer. You can lift your hands. Maybe you thought, do you know what? I, I knew I was coming to church, but I didn't know 
that I was going to be, you know, that this was going to happen. Well, that's fine. Maybe today something in you has awoken. Maybe you th- your questions, you're like, oh, I didn't realize. I would just say, keep coming back. Keep coming back, and on the way out at the end, we've got Bibles, and we would just love to give one to you. It's great. They've got loads of really good things at the front that you can read about. But you know, in this place today, God has got great things for each one of you, and he weaves us into his master plan. We read about how God rescues lives, restores. God is doing that in this place and be encouraged that you are part of God's master plan and that he is going to use each one of us individually to meet people where they're at, to meet people where they're at. God's handed the mantle over to us now. He's done all he could do and now he said, hey, I'm going to let you do some stuff. Okay, so be encouraged this week. Pray, like Dave said, pray, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers. Pray that we will be the laborer that will go across somebody's path that's searching. Let's pray that God is going to use us because he wants to use us. Okay? Okay.